our new sponsor, Deep Creek Glassworks. Well, for any type of gifts, there's a lot of different options. You can do glass pendants, glass straws, marbles, wine glasses, beer glasses. Mm. You're getting some good quality glass. It is very durable, fast shipping in crush resistant boxes. So you know your product's going to get there. As an extra bonus to our listeners, you can get 10% off of your purchase by using the promo code SUPERFUN when you go to their website. That's Deep Creek Glassworks, W-O-R-X dot Etsy dot com. And you'll be supporting local business as well. Welcome back for another episode of Superfun Game Review Podcast Go. Find us on Facebook.com slash Superfun Podcast. Twitter.com slash Superfun Podcast. Patreon.com slash Superfun Podcast. Instagram at Superfun Podcast Go. iTunes at Superfun Game Review Podcast Go. Thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome back for another episode of Superfun Game Review Podcast Go! Go! I'm your host tonight, Ralph. To my left, I've got Clark. Hmm. Hmm, I seem to have misplaced my armor. Hmm. Across from me, I've got Harry. Try finger, butthole. (laughs) (laughs) To my right, I have Steve. Oh, he did. I mean, you did. Oh, you did. You're dead. Well met, gentlemen. Well met. So, Dark Souls 3. Did you introduce yourself and do a quip? I thought I introduced myself. But no quip. (gasps) But no quip. And you you took... (laughs) You took... uh, (laughs) <laughs> you took my Zigvard, and I'm your host tonight, Ralph. Hmm. No, if I just sit here and think, hmm, there must hmm. be a way. Hmm. 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 <laughs> All right, enough with the Zigvard for now. We'll come back to him Sigurd. later. Oh, Sig. What did I? Sigvard. Sigvard. Yeah, Sigvard. Sigvard. I know his name. Siegfried. What is Siegward. it? Siegward. 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 Sieg word. <laughs> Sieg word. I'm going to say it wrong all night. I don't, <laughs> seaweed. I, I don't think seaweed. you can say this. Squid word. <laughs> it's squid word. It's just <laughs> like uh, Aya from uh, <laughs> Parasite Aya, Eve. Aya. Eve. <laughs> Aya. E-I-O. All right. We've defeated Bloodborne. This is our first Souls game for the show. Initial impressions. I bought Dark Souls 3 when it originally came out. Played through about half of it. I got to Abyss Watchers. And I just kind of stopped playing. A bunch of other games came out, and I just kind of like got wrapped up into them. And I really wanted to start playing it again. And so I decided, hey, I'm going to shoot it for the podcast, and hopefully everyone wants to pick it up and play it. And, uh, yeah, I was fucking excited to get back into it. And, man, I had a fucking blast playing this game again. Oh, yeah. Harry? Honestly, I was very hesitant to step into this game. I knew I knew I wouldn't hate it cuz I I really enjoyed the the Bloodborne universe. But I knew <laughs> you knew the, what you ran for. I knew the difficulty spike that was ahead of me and I knew the time sink that was ahead of me. So initially I was very hesitant to get in this game. Gotcha. But um after I spent maybe like 5 or 6 hours playing this, got past like the first boss and really got into that um undead village i think is where it started to like really click okay i was like oh fuck <laughs> i'm in it now <laughs> <laughs> 
And kind of at that point, I knew it's not just going to be a run to the end of the game. It's going to be a full immersion into this game. And I think I could safely say I got the full experience of this game. Yeah, this um, this was the first four-way into the Dark Souls... Uh... Foray. <laughs> I heard four-way. Four <laughs> you said four-way. <laughs> this is my first four-way. Into... <laughs> nice. This, this, this was the first time actually... Hot. Hot. <laughs> Getting into... Uh, the Dark Souls world, and dear God, again, known for the difficulty, and there's going to be quite a learning curve. For me, I have to say that, similar to Harry, I knew sort of what I was in for, having having played Bloodborne, but I have to, you know, just put out there that I really feel like I had a compromised experience with Bloodborne. Like, I used a, I used a guide... And I thought I put a lot of time into it, and I still came up short and had to rush to the end and got the the weakest ending. So I didn't want a repeat of that. I really, truly did not. And the first maybe 15, 20 hours of this game that I played, I didn't use any kind of a guide at all. I didn't look up bosses. I didn't look up strategies. I didn't do any of that. And I found it really rewarding to, to hit a hit a difficulty wall and work through it and overcome it and then move on to the next one. I found that playing online and having the messages and the way that the game works, I didn't feel confused as to where to go next or I wasn't sure what I was in for next. Like I felt like there were enough hints from the, the user base in the game that I felt confident I didn't need to, to look. Because with Bloodborne, it was like, go here, get this. Go there, get this. Go here, get like The whole thing that I played was, I was led, you know, the entire time. And with this having it be my own experience really very different night and day really fucking enjoyed it all the way up until probably the final boss but uh, <laughs> we'll get into that a little we bit will later. we will <laughs> i have to say that you know the lore and everything else i got i fell down the rabbit hole i started watching videos online um, I, I don't like to read item descriptions all that much uh, for the for, i know that's how i they mostly do the story that way where um, you know you defeat somebody, you get an, an item, and you read about it, or you get their armor and you read about it, and then that gives you it fleshes out the story. Not that I have any problem with the way that the Soulsborne series tells its stories. I think it's interesting and intricate, but just as me, like I don't like to play a game like Skyrim and read the books or or read tomes or whatever. You know, I'm sort of I'll pick up the story or give it to me or, or I'll find it out there. I don't like to have to read in a game anyway. If I want to read a book, I'll read a book. But yeah, uh, initially. Really enjoyed it. Um, let's move into development. Game development. All right, so game development. This is Miyazaki's return after taking Dark Souls 2 pretty much off to mostly curate Bloodborne. The return of Miyazaki. He seems to be like the driving force to, to make these games yeah, he's the he's like the godfather of Dark Souls, pretty much. He just he's uh he's like he is the driving force behind the quality in the games. Dark Souls two is heralded as one of the lowest quality of the four Soulsborne games. Or the four Souls games and the Soulsborne universe in general. No, oh, we can't forget Demon Souls, right? The one that kicked it off. Yeah, so it's it's his return and it was co developed with the people that made or co-directed with the uh, guys that made Dark Souls 2. It was uh, released 2016. Was it like earlier in the year, like end of first quarter? Yep. Early second quarter? 
And, and just to clarify, the version I played was the Ashes of Ariandelle, which was April 17th. The Fire Fades edition. The Fire Fades edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017, so it contains all the DLC. Yeah, same yep. one. Same, same one I played. So I heard Miyazaki return to this game because <laughs> of the limitations in Bloodborne. He's <laughs> so, uh, so, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the limitations of Bloodborne? What? I heard through the grapevine. <laughs> Did you want to redo it? or? No, I love okay. it. Fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> what, um, what limitations are we talking about here? Like just for the story, I guess? Hmm. Probably mm. story, yeah. and lo- <laughs> story and level design. Oh, right. Okay. And when they were designing this game, <laughs> yeah, Harry. I don't. Know, I don't know if I like the strategy for development. I don't either. And if we don't have anything, for, yeah. If we don't have anything for development, we just shouldn't shoehorn it in. I think it sounds uh, hollow. Finish your nice, nice. <laughs> Finish <laughs> your <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, there are no no real big issues with the development here for for this game. Um, you know, FromSoft basically worked their magic and came through without a hitch. So let's move right into story. Story. The story of Dark Souls and how things um, are in like a cycle. Could you maybe break that down a bit, Clark? Do you want to explain? I don't know what if I would start with that. I no? would, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't start with that either. Don't start with what okay. we need to do is we need to establish the player's story first and then we can get into the lore and why his journey is important okay the journey that's the best way to explain the dark souls stuff because there's the main story that you're experiencing and then all of this lore that that can pile on top of it makes that game incredibly deep and meaningful okay so so full disclaimer before we get into this we are not going to hit every little nuance to this story oh no, yeah, no, no. We, we're we just, got no chance we that. don't have enough time for that we're just gonna go over some of it touch on maybe some of the characters some of the background why certain things are significant yeah i, I just we're not gonna cover everything it's just an impossible task i did this for bloodborne uh i'm gonna suggest it here if you really want incredible in-depth analysis go seek out vadi vidya on youtube and he just has incredible lore breakdowns for everything. Yeah, please do. Even if you're a fan, even if you've played the game, if you haven't seen his stuff, definitely check it out. It, it's high quality content on YouTube. Banco Namdi or Namco Bandai. There you go. Even like endorses his content, which I think is really fucking cool. That says something right there. So our character. I started uh, as just like a, a knight, I guess. What did you guys start as? I started knight. as a pyromancer. Ooh. Pyro? Uh, a knight. Knight? Knight. Cool. I read um, that the knight is basically a good place to start. I decided to go with knight, and I used the knight armor almost exclusively throughout the my playthrough. I was still wearing knight armor stuff when I went to uh, when I got to the Soul Ascender. I mean, I did have some other stuff, but I, I still used like the helmet and the legs and the hands. I mean that's the that's Gloves. the crazy thing about the game in general. It's more of a gameplay thing. Yeah. But uh is like every piece of armor if it is like tried and true for you like you just don't change that kind of thing. Oh. I felt like that helmet was my face. Right. All right. So let's get into the story. Yeah. The bells ring. <laughs> yeah, the bells ring. <laughs> and you awaken from the ash. So you're you're pretty much being introduced into this world as a world that cycles through these people going to try to rekindle the first flame. Right. 
And every time someone gets to the first flame, they either fail, they die, or they see, like seek power and become these lords of cinder. Okay, so they're essentially people that can link the fire without dying. Yeah, um, and linking the fire then turns them into turns a the cycle. Of yeah, it it, it yeah. continues the age of fire. Right. Oh, it continues it. It doesn't reset it. No, it doesn't reset. No, it just continues the age of fire. So, so what happens is the the it, once you link the flame, the flame burns bright for a while, and then it starts to go back. Yeah, and then someone else needs to make this pilgrimage to go and link the flame. Okay. It's the so you're rising up as pretty much the last of humanity. W- this is we're not humanity though, we're undead. True. Yeah, but. The undead at this point are the represent- representation of humanity. They're the last hope for humanity. Because if they don't... Re- essentially, you wake up, and if you're not the person that that links the fire, humanity will die off. No, no, no. Humanity follows the Age of Fire. If Because the, this is the gods that want to link the flame to keep their Age of Fire. It's what supports the gods. If the fire dies, then it becomes the Age of Man. So that's why the gods want the fire rekindled to keep the gods' age alive. And if the fire fades and it becomes... Do you mean gods? Do you mean lords? Yeah, do you, yeah, who do you mean when you say you gods? You need to be very specific with that because it's, it's different. I don't know what gods they are. I'm just saying it's a, it's a gods' age. I don't know what gods they're referencing specifically. But that's, that's why they want to keep this age of fire going. Because the lords are different. They're not gods. They're just people that are more powerful than the general public that can... Well, they were the ones before you to link the flame. Yes, yeah, 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 all yeah. The, all the lords of Cinder are the ones that linked the flame before you. Okay, anyway, so your pilgrimage is to go link the fire. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go and defeat all the previous lords of Cinder. Which were supposed to be in their thrones, but they decided to leave their thrones, uh, right? Well, if can I just chime in real quick? So, the reason you're awaking from the ash and the bells have told is because the fire was failed to be linked and is dangerous. It's, it's in danger of going out. Oh, right. Right. Now what that ties into, at least what I believe is, is it King Lothric? The last Lord of Cinder that you fight is Prince, Prince, Prince Lothric. Lothric and Lord. Uh, what I think started the whole cycle of this game specifically is he refused to link the fire. Not refused. He failed. He failed to link no, the fire. No, he like it, there's a piece of lore where uh, he's like in love with his twin brother. I think they're twins. But there's a little thing, an inscription that you read where they decided to not link the fire and sit and watch it go out from afar. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I hear, that sounds familiar. Like they 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 didn't want to link the fire. Like they were done with this age. And I think that's what sparked the bells of toll because somebody refused to link the fire so it was in danger of going out that's why the bells told to bring the ash and we rise that that's how i interpreted it at least okay all right so we're undead yeah we represent humanity but we're undead yeah we can die multiple times yes humans humans are at this point are pretty much undead because we're undead we can die and be brought back by the flame so that's what you know that's why that's how they say oh you can come back at the bonfires and stuff. That's like their narrative. For unlimited lives. Yeah. So you have to defeat all the Lords of Cinder, place their remains on their 
on their thrones. Then you have to go fight the soul of Cinder and then link the bonfire. That's pretty much the overarching story here. True. There's tons of different little intricacies to like the lore and things like that. But that's like the main idea. You're traveling through defeating the old the old lords and essentially you get to make some interesting decisions at the end. So let's just do you want to just talk about the endings real quick and then kind of oh, get Oh, there's into a lore? couple other things. Well, you want to touch on first before we get to the endings? Kinda. Like almost like the reason that you're tracking down these souls of cinder or not souls uh lords of cinder. So they're missing from their thrones. One one came back, which we, is in we, the Firelink shrine. Yeah, he's in the Firelink shrine. He's the little old well, the, he's not old, he's like burnt. But the is, exile. is he is he yeah. really yeah. is he really a lord of cinder? He is he lord is, of cinder. He is a lord now, of cinder. Now, it says that they're all powerful beings, but they can gain that power through different means. It doesn't have to be they're just a brute strength right. guy. Right, right, right. They can gain their power. His whole thing was he was manipulating souls. Like he found a way to um, like experiment with souls and be able to like withdraw souls from the bodies of people. And that's why he's able to turn them into items. He knows right. how to yeah, manipulate he, souls. That's why you can take the boss souls to them right. and, and have you know boss weapons and things like that. So that was kind of his channel to getting a lot of power. And if you notice... He's the only one that came back to the throne, which mm-hmm. tells you a couple things. One, the other Lords of Cinder don't fully believe in the Age of Fire. Like, they linked it um, because I guess that was their original pilgrimage, but they didn't really buy into it. So when it came time for them to honor their duty and come back to their throne, they, like, refused. Right. They're like, fuck that shit. I'm not getting burnt. Again, because you could see the, the, the exile's <laughs> body. Ow. He's all like pruned up from being burned before. It's just, yeah, he, I don't know. He was just the only one that fulfilled his duty, I guess, by coming back. So the other ones had very strong opinions, I think, about rekindling it again. Well, they all, they all had their own reason to not come back. True, yeah. And, yeah. and some of those are, are harder to, I guess, decipher than others, to be well, honest. Well, so, so the basis is none of them wanted to die if someone else linked the fire because the second someone else links the fire they're all dust well they they would there would have only been one then because they didn't all link it at the same time you know what i mean let's say yorm lit it first no 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 if sorry i'm sorry if they're sitting on their thrones they become dust so that's why you kill them and you bring their remains because it's not going to matter that's true like how how many times can you be lit on fire i think yeah survive it it's Three. They're probably all Three weakened from the first time that they lit it that a second time probably wouldn't. So like, uh, so th- that guy that we were just talking about, if if you notice, after you link the fire and beat the game, he's Ash. And it's I, just Crown I is sitting I there. I think I noticed that. And there's a ring that you can pick up from him. Oh, I didn't get his ring. What does yeah. the ring do, do you know? Oh, it gives all your stats like plus 30 or Shut something up. like that. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> probably should have picked that up. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> uh, no, there's, there, I, I, it's, it's something okay. It's not great. I don't think it was amazing. Yeah. I didn't use it, so... Actually, you know what it was? It ups um, your encounter rate, like, or the range that enemies can... Did he have the skull ring? Was I that think, what it was? Yeah, I think that's okay. what it was. Oh, okay. Essentially, you're trying to kill the lords, light the bonfire at the right. end of the game. Right, At the end of this, like, long pilgrimage. And you're you're meeting all of these characters you're kind of getting some backstory to them and things like that so why don't we talk about the different endings we got yeah so once you kill the lord of cinder 
the 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 last or the 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 first flame is basically vulnerable for whatever you want to decide at that point. Right. Do you guys have multiple options or just one option? Well, you can unlock multiple options. Like when I yeah. went into it, yeah. I could have done one of the three things you can do. I could only do one. Okay. You could do two. You, you could have done two. two. You oh, would have been able to I do two. I could have refused or something. So you let, let's do them in order. Yeah. Let, sure. let, yeah. let him do his, you do yeah. yours, and then I'll do mine. Yeah. Uh, I beat the Soul Cinder. You guys helped me out with that. Well, I wanted to talk about that more in gameplay. But okay. when uh, I got to the bonfire and he was done and I pushed, I pushed, I, I lit it. I think I pushed. You, I pushed re- X. Rekindled. you relinked the fire. I relinked it. Basically, I sit down and you sort of look at the sun, which is in like eclipse or whatever with the with the fire, uh, and then the fire transfers to his left hand. I think it was, and it just kind of floats, kind of floats there, and he like looks at it and then looks out into the distance and then credits. So I didn't really from that. I didn't get like an interpretation. <laughs> I didn't really know exactly what happened. I think he just rekindled. The first flame. Yeah. So your body's yeah. burning. You're now a Lord of Cinder. Right. Okay. Right. Simple as that. You're going through your burning process to become a Lord of Cinder, pretty much. Yay, I get to burn. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'll 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 state mine. Um there is a dark area that you can go to where you have to fight Gundir again. And champion is the second one. Okay, champion, champion Gundir. Yeah. So once you best champion Gundir, which I did, you can go and you can find an old dark firelink shrine. Right. And when you go through and you're exploring the ruins, you find some eyes. Yep. You give the eyes to the firekeeper maiden, and she's blind, so she puts the eyes in. <laughs> Yeah. And it gives her these visions of all of the handmaidens before her. T- typically, firekeepers are not allowed to have eyes. Yes, right. they pluck them. If they're going to be a firekeeper, they pluck the eyes out. Ouch. Well, they burn them out, I believe, actually. That seems fitting. I was, yeah, I would say that seems <laughs> more appropriate. But uh, So she gets the eyes and puts them in, and she sees like horrors of all of these things. And pretty much, she begs you to end her or take the eyes at whatever cost she said that to me yeah she's like please take these away i've seen things that i should not have ever seen and, they're, and they won't go away i don't think she demands it though i think she's like if you wish it yeah kill me and take them she she she's like almost your servant she'll do whatever you want to do she she kind of asks if yeah kind of like talk to her, she's like because she's, she's horrified like, by some of the shit she sees yeah she's like please take these back at whatever cost kill me if it means killing me then do it like so and then she says hey after you kill the soul of cinder essentially summon me to you and i will help after you kill the soul of cinder you're standing there and you have the fire and then a uh soapstone sign appears and you can summon the firekeeper the firekeeper kind of explains to you like okay, so what do we want to do with this? And you can pretty much walk over. She picks up the the last ember, and you just snuff it out, and everything goes dark. Right, okay. Huh. And The true ending. Well, it she after a while, the whole screen's black, and then she's like, Ashen One, can you still hear my voice? Essentially stating that 
a new age is about to begin. Oh. The age of darkness, the age of humanity, the full age of humanity, no longer an age of fire. And they do refer to it as the age of darkness, as yes. if man is an evil force. <laughs> so there's another ending that I wanted to touch on that involves that ending. Because yours is going to be yeah, completely I know. different if you, that doesn't have the fire. If keeper. you're in the middle of the sequence and you kill the fire keeper. Yes. Oh. If, if she grabs the ember and you attack her before the screen goes black, you do some really mean shit to her. You like walk over, you put your foot on her head, you take the ember, and then you pretty much become like an actual fucking like lord. You, you I think, actually take over as the soul of Cinder. Because oh, okay. you like push it into your chest and your entire body's on fire. Damn. And then, and that's that's not even relinking the flame. That's like a totally different. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's almost like a glitch of the game. Like they do have that sequence, so it's not. A well, it's glitch. a cutscene. There's a cutscene yeah, where you but, step on her fa- but head. But like the other three endings, you get you get an achievement that pops up. Yes. No achievement comes attached to doing that. Right. Really? There's no achievement for that. That was kind of like a hey, let's just throw this in there, see who's a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so the ending I got, I I had access to the other. Uh, were you done? Or? Yeah, I was just gonna say, explain what you had to do to get your ending extra. Okay, because because Ralph didn't have to do anything extra to get his ending. I had to do the little bit with the going into the darkness, and you had to do the. So the first part of this, you encounter at the undead village, right when you start that map. Do you remember going down a stairwell? And the dogs are attacking the hollows out in the courtyard. And yeah, and all the, all the pilgrims are at the, like, the yes. broken bridge. Yeah. Did you find the pilgrim that's over there? I did, I did. So it starts with him. He was on his pilgrimage. I think, I think he says like he just didn't die. They're, they're, I think they're almost on a pilgrimage to stop the fire from being rekindled. Because they support the hollows. It's like this whole... Society dedicated to the hollows reigning over this world instead of the gods, kind of, right. more or less. And he was the only one that didn't die. I guess they were on the pilgrimage and they were, they were supposed to die at some point, but he didn't die. And he's thinking that maybe there's a reason for that to, to assist you. So you take him back to the Firelink Shrine and he uh, basically gives you five dark sigils. They're like... They're, they're described as these almost like black holes that exist on your body that are just completely devoid of light. It's almost like a portal into another dimension that just sits on your body. Sounds like fun. Like just eating everything, like like a black, black hole would, like light, matter, like whatever. And it, it slowly consumes your humanity, just little piece at a time. And he gives you five of these. And once he gives you five, he dies. Essentially, it's like pulling, I don't know, you're, you're almost stealing his soul into your body to, to, to get this. I checked on him at the end of the, the end of my game uh, because I didn't take any hollows from him or didn't do anything. And, okay. And he's still dead. He just he's just dead. And I have no idea why exactly. A lot of people, if you don't come back to him at the right time, they just die. Oh, okay. yeah. There's a couple, quite a few, actually. Yeah, a lot, a lot of them die if you're not keeping up with them. So you get five dark sigils from him. And then you meet a character... Henri and Horace? Henri and Horace. Yeah, I remember them. Uh, one doesn't talk much, 
He just grumbles a lot. And Henri, I play. Oh, by the way, I played as a female in what? this game. <laughs> Whoa. You did? Yeah, I just I like to change up. I always play as like a male character that just looks just like me in a game. So I was just like, yeah. fuck it. I'm just gonna. Whatever. I'm going to so be made a, a female that time. looks exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bald with a beard. Weird, yeah, bald. <laughs> Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> um, so my Henri was a male character. Uh, he sounded kind of nerdy, too. Whatever voice they picked for him. Um, so you meet Henri, and you don't really see that character again for a little while, to be honest. But then, oh, what, what is the next point? I never saw them again, actually. I must have missed them. Ah, you have to meet Henri again at the church. Cathedral of the Deep? No, Ethereal Church. Oh, uh, no, 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 there is the cathedral. Church. Right before the, the one Lord of Cinder fight, the giant skeleton fuck. Lothrier? No. Uh, the giant skeleton. Shit. Remember that one where you have to bust the bracelets off of his arms? Oh, Wolnir. 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 In the caves, right before Wolnir, you have to find Henri again. Lame boss, by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> And he was looking for Horus. Like, they were traveling companions. Yep. Not I, lovers. Companions. Which I think they Just friends. also, in some fashion, supported the uh, the Hollow. Yes. They were on their way, oh, to defeat a Lord of Cinder, I think. Yeah, they were going to try they, to they, defeat... They um, had a personal vendetta against somebody. I think it was... No, I thought, I thought they were going to kill Pontiff. Really? I for, I think you might be right, and there's a reason Horace doesn't speak anymore because I think he was tortured by yeah. the Pontiff. Poor I Horace. could be I could pontiff be wrong. Pontiff Sullivan. Pontiff was kind Sullivan. of like a like a tyrant of the land, and like yes, he was really fucked with with the capital to get to the higher up capital. Um, he's like the Pope. And Orlando. And Orlando, like <laughs> he he basically like. <laughs> A lot of corruption in the politics and just like really took over that entire area and was I, like a like a self appointed leader of the area. I thought he was just a dude with two swords. <laughs> no, no. So, so he He's became that guy. Uh, it, real quick, if you want, if you want, kind of his backstory. He essentially became one of the knights for uh, Gwyn. Uh, Gwyn is a character that's only referenced in Dark Souls Three. Has nothing to do with Dark Souls Three. He's one of the original lords. He's one of the original gods. And he was actually like the Lord of Humanity. So uh, he had a bunch of knights, and the knights would all jockey for position. Vort was one, Pontiff was one, um, and uh, Yorm, I believe, was another one at one point. So when Gwyn went away, there be, there was a power vacuum, and essentially Pontiff stepped up and was like, hey, Dancer, you're going to be my enforcer. So the Dancer became his enforcer, Vort crumbled to the pressure of the whole thing and Yorm left so then the dancer and Vort became his knights he stepped up into the role and he was a tyrant and he tortured people he took the entire knights and turned them into visions of himself that's why all the all the knights in that area are like they look silhouette like and, oh. and look like a little bit like the pontiff yeah. huh there's also a reason why Vort and the dancer are so close it, right, like, location wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Henri and Horus are actually hollows. Like it's kind of hard to decipher, but they're undead as well. Just, just, just like you wouldn't tell by their armor. No, you wouldn't couldn't. You tell. couldn't tell. Um, and and like I was saying again about the the hollows, they start losing their humanity over time. While Henri is looking for Horus, you find Horus in the it was that lake area called 
Smoldering Lake? Smoldering Lake. I didn't go there. It's, it's a hard area. <laughs> it's a really tough area. Um, and you have to find Horus in like a hidden cave there, and he's completely lost his humanity. He just charges you right away when you find him, so you have to defeat him. Oh, shit. I see. Or else Henri wanders off and dies looking for Horus. So you take Horus out of the equation and you admit it to Henri and just tell her. But yeah, if you don't kill Horus or you mention something about seeing Horus, she'll wander off or he'll wander off depending on on your playthrough. And that kind of ends the storyline. So that's why it's important to go kill Horus so he doesn't go looking for her. Yeah, because you, you, <laughs> you have to give Henri proof that Horus is gone. Um, so the next part, so I forget her name, but she takes the place of the pilgrim at the shrine. I forget her name, but she's like, she's leading this this movement for the hollows, essentially, and is like works as a guide. I, I can't remember. Does she give you more uh, hollow then? No, or? but she kind of tells you what you need to do to become like king of the hollows. Oh, and she basically tells you no king or queen can take the throne without being married. It's like oh, a, you have to find a waifu. That's why everybody was referencing possible wife as I played through the game. Yes. Okay. Oh. So what you have to do is this dark ritual where you marry Henri. And then brutally. But, yeah. But when you, when you marry Henri, it's essentially you walk up to the body of Henri and put your sword through his head. <laughs> oh. Apparently that's marriage in the Dark Souls world. <laughs> oh, that's so romantic. But you gain another three dark sigils from doing this. So you have a total of eight dark sigils. What do they do exactly? Because I don't know. But the dark sigils? Yeah. You need them to become hollow. That's yeah. it. They, they yeah. suck the humanity out of you. Okay. And the more you get, the faster it pace. takes place. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, you have eight dark sigils. At this point, you accomplish everything you need to do with Henri. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the character's dead. Served a purpose. Mm. So anyway, at that point, you just need to defeat the Lord of C- or the the Soul of Cinder. At that point, right? Instead of snuffing it out or rekindling it, you take it for your own. Okay. And then you're like king of or queen of the Hollows at this point, and like leader. Of this thing, so, so you take the age for yourself. Queen of the Hollows. You're, you're taking it from the gods and for yourself. Yes, you become Kim the Kardashian. Age, it's the age of you, Queen when you of do the Hollows. This. Oh shit! And that is the evil ending of the game. Yeah, Ooh. it's a very hard ending to get because you could easily fuck it up. Yes, um, huh. all the 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 Hollows and stuff all trace back to something in Dark Souls One called Kal. And he's like this guy that is in it for himself and kind of lays the groundwork for this to happen. Mm. Uh, he looks like a giant serpent. Yeah, like a serpent thing with dog ears and giant googly eyes and oh, shit. He sounds Weird. cute. He's a really creep. He's a creep. <laughs> um, so when you take the cinder for yourself and you walk up that row and you have all of your knights. So like as soon as that happens, all of the hollows that have made it are standing there in lines as your knights. Huh. And when you're walking up, the first knight on your right is Henri. Mm, I miss Henri that. comes back to life because she's an because un- he or she is an undead. So after yeah, you catch that. temporary them, murder, yeah, Henri is there, and is the f- your first knight, which I thought was kind of fucking cool. That is kind of cool. 
So yeah, those are the three like endings of Dark Souls three. All right, let's talk about some of our our favorite NPCs. Zigward. <laughs> the fuck, man. Sigward. Sigward. Sieg. 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 Say Sieg. 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 Word. Siegwer. Word. Siegward. 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 Squidward. It's pretty Squid- much Squidward. Siegward. Siegward Ekaterina was definitely my favorite character. I loved seeing that damn Onion Knight when, when I'd reach an area. See, uh, I really liked when, um, what is it, the Ithel? When uh, you just happen on him, like at a at a at a at a, he's at a fireplace. God damn it! I, I a firelink shrine. No, he's just at a fireplace, and he <laughs> brewed some Estes soup, and he's just like sitting there. Oh, oh. That was that when was in, when he's in Ithriel dungeon. Ithriel. Okay, thank you. Ithriel dungeon. Yeah, I can't say the name to any any place in this in this game. No, you're doing um, great. No, I'm not. Don't, don't let him bring I, it down. Uh, I just like happened upon him. And I was like, oh, there he is again. This is great. Like, he was easily my favorite character. I love the, the performance of the voice actor. I, I love his dialogue. I love um, that he, you know, you can share a brew with him and he gives you the the brew, the whole the whole thing. And Sweet, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, did you play the scene when you go to the Katarina wine mixer? What? <laughs> Never mind. Browse and hose. <laughs> Browse and hose? Yeah. Browse and hose. Browse and hose. Uh, no, mm. I didn't. Um, <laughs> No. I found it to be uh, no. tragic no. that he has to that he die. Basically, either he dies in battle fighting his his friend in in Yorm the Giant, or we defeat him and then he fulfills his vow and dies. Basically, yeah, he's just so overcome by the moment that he passes, pretty much. Right, right. I mean, him falling down the well is funny, I guess, or him being uh, trapped down the well because of patches. Because of patches, right? And who you see later, and I was like, yeah, that voice doesn't sound quite the same. Oh well, I'll just cross this bridge. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> patches tries his best accent. Yeah, right. Um, he just to me is is one of the highlights of the game. Great character. Carl is interesting. The witch. I- you have to pretty much go out of your way to rescue her. Uh, I did it because I had my pyromancer. Um, so, like, I needed her to teach me, like, the really high-level spells, like Chaos Bed Vestiges and, like, some Dark Orb stuff. Um, oh, shit. That was probably a male character for me, too. Undead, or not the undead, the swamp area? No. There was a, I saw him, too. There's there's Cornax. Oh, maybe that's who I'm talking about. The Who's the area. original Pyromancer We're, guy? Where He has a blind, He's he's uh, has like a blindfold. He's up in the the building right before the um the crystal sage. The crystal sage. Mm. Yeah, no, that's not that's not Carla. Okay. Carla, you have to find in the um the dungeons of Carthus. Carthus. With all those guys that like look at you and take your health down. Oh yeah, you have to run around and and free her. That place sucked. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough place. It's a good leveling spot, though. It is. It 100% is. So, yeah, she was really cool, and she's kind of interesting because she's one of the original descendants of where pyromancy started, and so she's, like, one of the da- – not daughters, but, like, daughters in, like, the, like, quotation sense mm-hmm. of fire from, like, the original Dark Souls for pyromancy, and I think that's, like, fucking awesome. That is pretty sweet. Um, And, yeah, I mean, that's, like, probably – Siegward's my favorite, but I, I did really like Carla as well. I mean, it's kind of really hard to beat Squidward. Uh, <laughs> Squidward. 
Um, uh, SpongeBob. Where's my armor? I guess very mild storyline. Like it, this character wasn't around super long, but in the Undead Village, I, I spent a lot of time in the Undead Village. Like if there was one area that I think I fully explored, it would be that area. Okay. But um, there's this girl you free from a dungeon. Um, in that area, right before the the tree that that you encounter, the uh. Like the great Deku tree. Yeah, the great Deku tree. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rotted dead. Curse, curse rotted deadwood, yeah. But there's a character in a cell, and then there's a... I don't know what... He's some kind of character with a giant, like, axe sitting on a rock. He's the he's uh, Dragon Slayer. Yeah, and he was, I guess, following her because she had all this potential to do great things, but she never reached her full potential and yeah, just ended he- up in a dungeon. And he's almost like, just quit on her kind of thing. She's not worth it. But you free her and get her back to the Firelink Shrine. And he kind of comments on that as, like, I why would you free her? Like, she's not even worth it, more or less. But despite him saying that, he checks up on her. And he makes an agreement with you that we're allies as long as she lives, essentially. Huh. And there is even a point in time, and it's very brief... Uh, like in between bosses or something like that. But he comes to the Firelink Shrine. And when you communicate with him, he, he basically says, like, I'm just here to check up on her safety. And she's still alive. So it's like you fulfilled. And, and he kind of disappears or dies or something after that. He but. he was there the entire time for me. He never left the Firelink Shrine. Really? Mm-hmm. He's a fucking beast. You, uh, I'm wondering if maybe I used him for a boss fight and maybe he didn't make it. Is what I'm guessing. I didn't summon any Possibly. anybody except for you guys at the end. So I I used quite a few NPCs for fights. Well, you said you you had your Sigurd die. Well, that's that one's. I didn't like. Oh yeah, call that's him. right. You don't that summon is, him. Yeah, that is. Uh, I got to the point in the story where he comes in on his own. So mm. if you don't save him, he won't show up. Yeah, because I actually I got to Yorm without him, and I had I had seen that that was part of like I watched the video on on his lore, and. I was like, well, where the hell is he? Like, I don't, I don't get it. And, I, and then I, then I went and found him and took him, released him from the, the dungeon. Yeah. I should have taken more time watching all this about the lore. I feel so left out. I guess you, I was you have just to rewatch on... some of those videos though. It yeah. doesn't sink in fully yeah. the first time you watch yeah. it. There's just there's so much information coming at you so quickly, and you kind of have to pause a couple times just to be like, what character is he talking about? Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it does seem like just a, a big handful. It's just like here you go. It's a there lot. You go. That cutscene with Seaward though is badass. Where you're like stepping in and you see Yorm and he's like slowly standing up, and then you, your character just kind of looks off to his left and Seaward's two steps ahead of you. Like, I'm here, Yorm. I am here to fulfill my promise to you. I'm here to fulfill my promise. Yep. No. And he puts oh, the sword up. Maybe yeah. we should talk a little bit about that. Like why he was there. Like what that promise was that he he made. That if he lost his mind, he would kill him, right? Isn't well, that what well Yorm was on the pilgrimage to basically snuff out the flame, and he failed. And he ended up becoming a Lord of Cinder almost against his will, more or yeah. less. And I think lost his his noodle. Yeah, a little bit. And I think they made some kind of deal beforehand where he's just like, if I fail this, or it's if I don't live up to my mission to put out the flame... You must kind of like defeat me or, or yeah, put me out me of out. my misery. Yeah. So then, how does he get connected to the um, 
the profane flame. Do you know that, Clark? Because that's where he is, right? Like he's in the profane capital, Yorm. Yeah. And oh, okay. The, profa- yeah. the profaned flame is like right there. That's just where he. That's where he was pretty much like. Was he like corrupted by it? Or kind uh, I think so. I think that's part of the chaos flame yeah. that was created, and it's it doesn't follow the same rules as like the first flame. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not. It's not like the ember. Okay. It, it's not like the the driving force behind the world. It's like, uh, like it's like a man made flame almost. It's not the same type of thing. The he's he. I think he's there to protect it. I think that was his thing is to protect the chaos because they 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 viewed the chaos as another way to get away from the cycles of flame. But it's not what he had originally set out to do. So Sigurd was like, I have to keep my promise. That's just such a badass mm, scene, yeah. though. That and the um, the Abyss Watchers uh, cutscene are uh, highlights. I fucking love the Abyss Watchers, and I love the lore behind them. Like just like they, they share a soul, right, or something like that. So the Abyss Watchers, like they gained their power through destroying souls of the Abyss, and they started to kill all of the like anything that had Abyss or corruption attached to it. They would kill it because they were trying to to rein in the Abyss. And what happened was one of their one of their kind got corrupted by the abyss which then corrupted all of them they were like kind of like a hive mind type of thing so if you notice like when you go to fight them you can see the abyss starting to creep up their their coats and their their cloth and that's why they're attacking and killing each other is because they all see each other as having this abyss and they're like oh you can't live and then they're stuck in some perpetual curse where they just keep coming back. And that's yeah. why the room is littered with bodies. Yeah. Because as soon as one defeats the other, another spawns in. Yep. Just like it's like a never ending cycle. And it's it makes sense, too, that like it looks like they were on their way to maybe kill Wolnir. And then they got and stuck. that's when they got corrupted. Yeah. Because if you notice, it's above the dungeon of Wolnir. And Wolnir as well, he's trying to escape the Abyss, but he's more, like, centralized to the Abyss. And that's why he has the gold cufflings. It's what keeps the Abyss at bay. But when you break that stuff off of him during that boss fight, you notice, like, the cutscene at the end. Well, it's not really a cutscene, but he gets dragged into the darkness, which is, like, the symbolism for the Abyss 1. It finally con- fully consumed him. You want to talk about the princes at all? Oh, I like the princes. I like the princes, too. Again, tying back, like, I don't know how much there is to say. Um, it's just interesting how the one, like, they, they sort of, they, the way that they work together, and that might be, you know, gameplay, but the way that they are bound together through through the story and how one is weak and one is, well, one is mentally weak but physically strong and the, and the other one's the opposite. And yeah. he has, like, those really long, like, fingers and, and stuff. It's a, so that ties into a uh, book that I used to read called Dragonlance. Dragonlance? Okay. Yeah. Tale of the Twins. It's a, it's a pretty popular medieval fantasy type series. And you actually see a lot of names that are based off of that for Dark Souls players, which I kind of thought was funny. Really? Like I saw somebody named like Tannis Half-Elven and stuff like that, which is like one of the main characters. Uh, the two twins names. But there's a there's one twin that's a giant brute Right. And there's another one that is like weak and frail but an incredible wizard. Right. And that's that's 
essentially Lorien and Lothric as well. Right, right, right. Now that that's such a cool boss. Yeah. In general, now I I don't know all of it. I'm not an expert. I don't want to claim to be an expert on on that area. I I just know. I I still strongly believe they were the ones that started the cycle of this game because they didn't want to kindle the flame. Now I know the one was cursed. Like one was chosen, but they thought the other was a better fit. Yeah, that was uh it's the the wizard was chosen, the warrior they thought was a was, better fit. Yeah, it was a better okay. fit. But I know one of them was cursed, and there is a reason that the younger like the younger one is the strong one. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Isn't that why they they failed? Because of the curse? There was some something got cursed. I I thought it was supposed to be the wizard was supposed to be the one that rekindled the flame. I think you're right. And and I think Lorian did it. No, Lothric did it. And and because of that, it didn't like count. And they uh, failed. I don't think they did though, because then the I don't I don't know. But okay. I, I know something happened. There's a reason why he's <laughs> crawling on the ground. Right. And he doesn't fully stand because he's in a weakened state. And that's why he's on his knees a lot of a lot of that boss fight. And he, he stands up just to like drop the sword again, kinda yeah. like that that's like the last of his energy. I don't know. It I think there's more to be to be learned there, but Yeah, I think so too. Even by us. Like, I, I, I don't have a full grasp on Lorien and Lothric. Yeah, no. put, you know, 60 hours into the game, maybe 20 hours of YouTube videos about the lore, and you're scratching the surface for Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, true. it's I, true. I feel we have a better understanding than most, though. Because I think a lot of people just play this game just for the the gaming aspect. And well, you sure. just totally miss that. Sure. Well, that's pretty comprehensive for for what we want to talk about story-wise. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it was as scattered as Bloodborne's. No, Bloodborne, we went on like some crazy-ass tangents. True. So maybe it is a good point. Well, to... we didn't talk about the painting or anything. I, I do like that whole world. Yeah. That was it... probably one of my favorite areas of the game. Because got... honestly, if we talk about the DLC, we're going to have to talk about Gale. And I don't want to get into it. Maybe a follow-up? Especially um, when you do the DLC. I There's one boss fight in there that's just glorious. Yeah. <laughs> the the three parter oh yeah yeah that's so pretty that's, yeah pretty okay it is let's move into gameplay let's parry our way into gameplay <laughs> did there so we're gonna prevent it <laughs> we're <gonna> stop it <laughs> let's um, repose here comes gameplay <laughs> or is it repost gameplay so Harry and I beat everything in the game. <laughs> Together. Uh, a lot of it was together. Yeah. A lot of jolly cooperation. Like a lot of the nights it would be like, cool, do you want to go first or me go first? Yeah, we would just... We're just we, going to we're gonna do this boss fight twice. Well, it just so wants happened, to go first. It just so <laughs> happened, like, like Harry started playing it a bunch. I was wrapping up something, some other game. And then when I was like, all right, it's time for Dark Souls. Harry and I were like almost in the same spot. I was two areas ahead of him. Huh. <laughs> So, like, it just started happening where I was helping Harry for a while, he got to me, and then we were just trading off, like, okay, we're going to do my area, we're going to do your area, we're going to do my area, we're going to do your area, and just, like, bonfire hopping. So that's how you guys got to 150 souls level? Or souls level 150 each? Yeah, I guess. Okay. I farmed, like, a million blood... uh, A million? uh, Yep, souls. My my biggest soul drop was 350,000 souls. Wow. You mean drop as in lost? Yes, I dropped and then died on the way going back for it. Oh, Jesus. I I rage quit 
the one night when I was playing with Clark, I got just so demoralized when... Yeah, what were you doing? Were we, we were in the... On our way to Wolnir. Oh, yeah. The crypt or the... And just, like, lost all my souls that night. And I was just, like... Ugh, it was, like, three levels. That's why just... you gotta spend them, man. You gotta get them and spend them. No? Most See, of the time. Co-op makes it interesting because when you're doing co-op, the person that is at, in, in there as your phantom has half the flasks that they usually do. Oh. Yeah. They're they're paired to your level unless they're under your level. Also, if you if you need to like use a bonfire, your friend has to leave the game to use a bonfire. All these oh. rules. Why so many rules? <laughs> Because they, because you know, balancing. Okay. Oh, of course. If I could just like sit there and wait for Harry and like, oh, here I'll just like redo my Estus and stuff like that. You know, you would beat the game in five hours. Right. Mm. I played the game with two different builds. I'm gonna since you're gonna eventually get into it. I'm gonna go redo my attributes and really kind of tier myself for a third build. Redo completely. Yeah, you can completely redo your attributes. There's like a shrine five times. Where can you do that? You have to join a covenant called Rosaria's Fingers. It's in. Co- you could probably do it more than five, but you probably have to earn. Is that the one no. you have to hop in the cage in the uh, um, no. the undead you, settlement? <laughs> it's really fucked up. If you try to do it a fifth time, they'll ask you if you're sure twice, and then you get turned into a grub, and you have to start New Game Plus. Jeez. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Are you sure? Damn. What do you, what do you mean a grub? They turn you into a fucking slug. Oh, those slug fucks? Yes. In Cathedral of the Deep. Oh, my God. They turn you oh. into one of those, and you're completely unable to play the game. Or that's what ha- that's their lore for it, is like, that's what happens. They turn you into a fucking slug. You can only do it five times. They tell you, oh, you have this many times left. But you have to... So you, you can find two pale tongues. You have to pretty much give her a pale tongue to, to change all of your attributes. I wish I had put more into faith when I was... Because I... um. I used a plus 10 broadsword for most of the game. I also had a plus 9 uh, Astora greatsword. And for Soul Cinder, I was like, okay, let me let me add lightning to my sword because he's weak to it. I was basically saying, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do anything I can to beat this guy by myself. I'll look up his stuff, and I did. And I looked up his attacks, and I looked up his patterns, and I looked up his phases, and I was like, okay, let me add lightning and see if it helps. And I found that I was doing less damage than I was raw. And it splits your damage. It does, but with the with the lightning gem, it scales based on your faith, and my faith was literally eleven. So I did almost no, to no benefit the lightning damage. So I used one of the uh, rocks or whatever and just wiped it out and left my plus ten broadsword as my as my weapon. I was I was doing decent damage, I thought, for that anyway, because like I said, I had forty dex and forty strength. I'm not doing anything crazy, ultra broadsword two handed, but. I was getting my hits in and just rolling like a madman, and I couldn't whoop him by myself. But so, a so faith ha- build, yeah. Yeah. Faith I, is tied to lightning, and almost all the boss- bosses are weak to lightning. Yep. Well, it's the same thing with dark. When I was doing the the pyro build, like I just had like a dark orb that I would throw, and I would tick off at least uh, one-tenth. Like, like Nameless King, I was like one-tenth of your life. One tenth of your life, one tenth of your life. Chug a potion, one tenth of your life, one tenth of your life. It's just hitting, like yeah. y- mm-hmm. you know, because it's a projectile and it's an arc. 
So you have to like really be on oh, point, yeah. or you have to be standing right in front of him and just take the hit and hit him. But Harry, when Harry and I were playing, when I went full pyromancer and started using the whip instead of my sword and shit, you saw how quickly I nuke stuff. Even invaders. We, we would, like, try to pin down invaders into a corner, and then i just nuke them with AoE. So the way I played, I went more tanky. Like, I was very balanced, but something that I did, I uh, unlocked the ring that you can equip, like, X amount more weight worth of product. Hovel's ring. Yeah, Havel's ring. I got the cathedral armor set. <laughs> it's cathedral armor. Which one's that? Do you remember those big knights you you fight down in uh, on the way to Deacons? They have yeah, like, they're super yeah, armored yeah, yeah. guys. I was wearing their armor. <laughs> oh jeez, Jesus Christ! But uh, if you wear it normally without wearing Havel's ring, you can barely move. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a fucking rock. I bought the exile armor, and I was like, oh, I can't use this. Oops. Because I was that, like, that was like that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have the vitality to to wear it. So I could take a lot of damage because my armor was like insane. So where some characters it might take five hits to knock them down to zero health, I could probably take like ten. And I I play with a longsword. I couldn't find another weapon. Like I tried quite a few weapons and leveled up quite a few weapons, especially towards the end of the game because I was just experimenting. Yeah. With a bunch of different weapons, I tried like like the great swords and I. I found an axe that was okay, but I, I wanted Too a slow. S- yeah, I wanted a speed weapon, and like with the sword, I could really time and transition between attacking and putting up my shield really quick. Like mm-hmm. I was like back and forth real quick, so I can. I don't want to say I was turtling up, but it was like all timing, yeah, more or less. Like I could really block that quick attack and then back to stabbing, and I, I just like the. It had a lot of options with attacks. I could do like a thrust up, thrust forward, regular slashes side to side, and it covered a decent range, so I can hit multiple enemies. So it worked for me. So and it was one of the first. It was the first weapon I had in the game, and ended up being the game or the the weapon I carried all the way to the end of the game. And just the the way it scales, because I went more balanced. It was uh, graded C and C on strength and dex, so it worked to my benefit that way. Did you use like a refined gem or anything? No, I didn't. Hmm. Just the normal, like every gem that I would have used on the weapon would have brought the damage down. Right, that's how I ended up. Because it splits, yeah. Yeah. Lightning gems are the only ones that actually add scaling to a different trait. Everything else takes the scaling away, so you lose damage there as well. I use some gems on other weapons just... If I wanted to switch out, like I, I wanted to make a fire weapon because there's a lot of enemies really vulnerable to fire in the games. So I, I carried the torch quite a bit in the game as well. I used it on those worm guys. They would just like shrivel up when you hit them with the, with the torch. Yeah. And did you know when you're getting um, there was a enemy that put like leeches on your body and you'd see this gauge just kind of fill up? I think it's the same one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same if enemy. you switch the torch, it burns it right off of yep. you. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else to talk about. It just it worked for me. It was very balanced and I wasn't doing crazy damage with my attacks, but it, it worked for me. Steve, what was your build like? I it's kind of went along the lines of keeping it balanced. I sword and shield the entire way. I think just cuz I liked having that bit of like safety net with the shield itself. I just couldn't really see myself giving it up. Plus just starting to find the rhythm of it. I found something I was comfortable with. So I was afraid to kind of deviate from that. I didn't really branch out. I I did play, I would say, like, more conservative when it came to, like, my actual character and such. But hearing about, like, because just seeing the different amounts of, like, different uh, 
different character types, like the different classes you can have. It definitely looked it looked interesting where I want to basically still go through and, and finish out what I started, but to play as other ones because I think I'm, I'm missing a, a whole different experience with the game too, with having something where I could have something a little more of like arranged and kind of seeing how just having basically a melee strict character can be a little detrimental sometimes, but it's, you know, it's how you have to kind of learn and play and get through of it, so... I do oh. want to talk about bosses specifically. I wish there was a Deacons-like boss in Bloodborne that was like a mob instead of a one one character. I, I thought that was cool. Rom is the Deacons. Oh, oh yeah, the fucking spider mob. <laughs> I fucking hate that. <laughs> yeah, Rom sucked. That was a dumb fucking fight. It's just a sloth sitting out in an ice pond. <laughs> Shooting uh, missiles at you. For the longest time, I used small shields so I could do better parries. Um, I found I really enjoyed that, and you know, just working your way around somebody and and sticking your sword for a critical, which is incredibly satisfying. <laughs> I found like it never got old. It never got old. Oh yeah, crit strikes were awesome. And and again, I I tried to experiment with the broadswords a little bit, but I found that I just they were too slow, and I didn't like. You mean the great swords? Sorry, I said broadsword, didn't I? Yes, the yeah, great which is swords. like the single handed. Yes, the broadsword is what I used almost exclusively, plus ten at the end. But, um, yeah, I didn't do anything with, with spells. It was just, like, straight night. I used the spell thing to my advantage a little bit. Because I didn't want to put points into it, really. Yeah. But I, still, but I still wanted to use that. Like, I didn't want to just waste that blue bar the entire game. Blue bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. F FP? So, what I did is really low-level spells to kind of supplement your, your game style. So, what, what I did is I used um, an enchantment for the weapon. Yeah, I only, you, I only, you I only always need... used magic. Yeah. Uh, magic and Because it, like, because I was putting it into, like, strength and dex, so I was getting the damage out of my weapon, so the way I can do that is enhance that. Yeah. Like, it only used, like, it, he basically put an enchantment over the weapon, so I'm getting extra magic damage. I did using... that um, using the um, the different, the items, like the actual, like, like, dips or whatever for your, like, you buy them, and you can add them the to the your resins. sword. Resin, thank you. Yeah, the resins. I was using a lot uh, of lightning like, oh. resins. I used those more towards the end because yeah. they just seem hard to get a hold of early in the game. And they were kind of expensive, but like right. towards the end of the game, I just fucking here take a billion souls. <laughs> yeah, like... really. I um, I had a couple spots that were my favorite to grind, and I didn't do a whole lot of grinding. But um, at the end, I did grind at um the profane capital where you come in through a uh, Yorm's bonfire. And you basically take out all those slow-moving witches and t two of the big uh, statues that c that come down, the bronze statues. Oh, yeah. So That's a dangerous area to grind. Like, I yeah. died quite a few times I, there. I found that to be an easier place to grind because I could take all those guys out, no problem. And there were so many of them, I felt like I was... I would get, like, 22,000-ish souls in a run. I was using the serpent ring. Speaking of which, sorry, to, to compliment the serpent ring, yeah. I also had the, the shield that gave you a bonus as well. I... Uh, uh, want it's something the, of the shield of want yeah the shield, shield of want I never found it. it it's in the lake area there's uh, also um grinding items. specifically I showed you that three angel spot there's yeah, a no, spot I where I still haven't fought them at all there's yes <laughs> there's 17k each or something like that yeah if you have the covetous ring on it's 17k a piece I sat and just grinded out probably eight or nine levels there just <sighs> I tried them a couple times but I said forget it I kept dying they're honestly they're really tough if you don't have 
So he was bombing them with magic. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, there's a was, gate that you can get them locked on. Yeah, I, was, I showed Harry. You can get them locked on a gate, and also if you have the whip. The fun thing about the whip, because that was my other thing when I was in a pyro build, I had a fire whip, which is locks, which is like the best. It's the best whip in the game, and it has a range of one of the great swords when you do the radius swing. Oh, okay. But it did fire damage as well. Damage would scale for dex, faith, and intelligence. And I had faith and intelligence at 40 apiece. <laughs> so I was hitting for Those like 500 angels. damage. But also, with the whip, there's no collision detection. So you can stand at a wall, and if there's an enemy on the other side of the wall, you can attack through it. Yeah. So it, you cheesed like... 500,000 souls. Well, no, they did that they, they did that specifically because the whips, you can't... Now um, watch me whip. Oh, God, I was <laughs> waiting for it. With the whips, you can't, you can't bust someone's shield, oh. but you can attack around the shield. So if you get close enough, you can whip somebody, like, behind. I'll be honest. Gameplay-wise, I, I don't think I achieved this once, and I tried quite a few times, but parrying. I don't think it's as You're easy joking. as... Bloodborne. You didn't parry once? No, I don't think so. Did you use a small shield? Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, there's some enemies I can't beat without parrying. Some of those knights. There's that first knight in the swamp that there's your learning curve right there. Like, you have to parry this motherfucker in order to beat him. He's got a huge broadsword. He's in, a, like, a hidden area. And I just, like, went to him until I could parry. And then I used it the rest of the game. I was too squishy to really fuck around with parrying okay. when I was doing the pyro build. But, like, I could stand there and, like, some of the smaller enemies, I didn't have a problem parrying. Yeah. And it's really cool because if you parry with your, the pyromancer hand, it's just, like, a little flame. <laughs> it does a little flame damage. And then you put your hand in their chest and then Ooh. fire erupts from it. Ooh. It's pretty fucking That's awesome. That's a critical. Did you try the Farron Greatsword where it has like a dagger in your in your offhand? You use that to parry? I, I have it, but I didn't, I didn't try Yeah, it. that's the um, Abyss Watchers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You have to turn in their soul for it. Parrying helped with the Abyss Watchers fight. Yeah, I, c I couldn't yeah. figure I just couldn't do it. So um, how many optionals are actually in the game boss-wise? I think six, I read. Uh, we could try to rattle them all. Cur Hang on. Cursed ra hold on. Hold on. I, I got it I, up I think already. I might be able to just rattle them all. I Cursed said I got it up. Okay, great. Cursed Rotted Greatwood. <laughs> yep. Nameless King. Yep. Um, the dragon before the Nameless King. Yeah, the, yep. the Ancient Wyvern. Uh, champion Gundir. Champion Gundir. Dragon old, Slayer armor. Old Demon. No, Dragon, no, Dragon Slayer, Slayer is armor. Not, he's, no, he, he's, oh, mandatory. he's mandatory. Yeah. Old Demon King. Old Demon King. Osiris. Because you guys already said Nameless King really and it? Ancient Wyvern, and Champion Gundir, and the Curse Rotted Greywood. They're the really. There's only six. Read them and weep. <laughs> oh, what's the other? What's the boss on the, on the wall? On the wall uh, above, um, on Lothric. Uh, or not on Lothric, on the Farron Tower. Remember you go up, and then you have to fight that one boss? He's just a demon. Yeah, but isn't, is he not a... He's, because demons are recurring. Sort of like when you're with, um... Yeah, I think he's Z a mini-boss. He's not a Oh, fool. is he considered a mini-boss? There's a yeah. bunch of mini-boss in the game, like all those crystal beasts. Oh, what else is there? There's that, there's a second uh, crystal sage that you fight in the, the library, or the... Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> it's a mini-boss, though. It's a mini-boss, yeah, sorry. And and also those guys who are kind of like Vort, but they're not. Well, that's what I was saying. There's they're crystal beasts. There's, crystal beasts. Okay. There's, a, there's a couple of those throughout the game. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they oh, each drop that, a weapon. There's that um, fire demon on the way to the 
to Smoldering Lake, you gotta fight a fire demon that looks basically like a Balrog <laughs> on the way. I listed him. One more thing, and then we, we move out of gameplay. Yeah, I don't uh, really... Favorite have... boss. Yeah. That's it. I remember that being a really fun discussion from Bloodborne, so please... Give me your f- your favorite boss. Abyss Watchers, hands down. I love the artwork. I love the style of them. Great. Good I liked, answer. I liked fighting them. It's, it, I, I thought they were amazing. The cutscenes were great. Harry? Can we come back to you? No, I... Oh. I'm going to guess Princes for you. No, it's it's a DLC boss. Oh, that doesn't okay. count. No, <laughs> it's, it's going to... Fuck, it doesn't count. It's going to count. Because it's <laughs> just phenomenal. The um, Look, you hollow bastard. It doesn't count. What the hell is her name? Freed. Yeah, Sister Freed. Sister Freed? She Sister none? Freed. She is part of the DLC, but you can pretty much get the DLC it, with the game. Because, because it was part of, like, it, it's technically part of the game we played, if you think yeah. about it. It's fine. It's fine. You can name the DLC. <laughs> time, I mean, other times, mentality. I haven't been able to talk about DLC. I'm not I do like Prince Lothric, though. I thought that yeah. was another really cool-looking boss fight. Yeah. I'm going to go with the princes <laughs> as well. You get DLC boss, you can have him. Uh, the princess for me that was that was one where it was like I played it for a couple hours and you know hands down they were whooping me I stopped I came back the next day and I beat him and it was really satisfying when I did I I want to say that I, I also liked the final boss even though I couldn't beat him and I put all that time into it I I don't want to think about how how long I I tried I think it had more to do with I was just exhausted and I couldn't couldn't focus so. It's it's on me. I didn't get good enough to to whoop them, <laughs> but I do really like the princes in the way the way that that works. Honestly, while you're talking about it, I thought the soul of Cinder was kind of anticlimactic. To be completely honest, that's fine. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Would have expected more. He should have been like a lumbering behemoth, kind of like a giant soul of Cinder. It just or, or he. He could have been the Nameless King. Like, the Nameless King, if you would have swapped where, like, the Nameless King is and had the Nameless King just be named the Soul of Cinder. You know what I mean? And, like... I get, they would have had to redo a lot, I think, though. I couldn't just see... Like, are you with saying, all the lore-wise, it, like... Well, of course. I'm just saying, like, that he caliber... battle-wise. That caliber of fight. Yeah. I read online that some people struggle more with the princes than they do the soul of Cinder. So I was like, oh, I just beat the princes. I shouldn't have any problem with the soul of Cinder. I ended up being ridiculous for me. So I totally get where you're coming from with it being anticlimactic. All right. With that, let's touch on graphics. Graphics. Uh, I I think the game looks fucking incredible. There's not a single thing that I really had a problem with graphically in this game. I I think it looks amazing. I, I mean, agree. I mean, I could I could like nitpick, maybe like some of the really drab areas didn't look that great, but even then, like it, they had their fucking moments. Outside of fair and keep. It was kind of drab. Yeah. And it kind of it, it kind of got like uh, there was a lot of muted colors and things like that. But and then I remember seeing those like sludge monsters for the first time, and then I'm like, all right, well, eh. it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, one yeah, of those things kinda... where I was like, okay. Uh, sorry, I yeah. Just to kind of go off of what you said with like fair and keep, I I didn't like the look of the middle, the early middle of the game, like uh, fair and keep. Like, fair and keep is the one with the little pond. The swamp with the crabs, right? 
Or is that the, the no? Poison, that was the poison swamp, right? Yeah, the yeah, swamp poison is swamp. Ugly. Is what was the deep. what What was the place before that that had the crabs in the lake? Because I didn't really care for that area as well. That was like the high wall of Lothric. It was like right outside of the high wall. Of Lothric. Oh, it was right after the undead village. I, I feel like oh, that the road are, you to talking, are you talking about the road to sacrifice? Yes, yeah. road to sac- I don't like that area. I don't like Farron Keep. Uh, like after Undead Village, I don't really like the look of the game until you get to like Ithril. Yeah, Ithril's pretty cool. It's Ithril's really cool, amazing. and Honor Londo was okay, but I, I think it's bigger glory in the first. Yeah, is what I'm hearing. But like the later points in the game, I really liked. Oh, there was another place that I didn't like, I didn't like that whole get uh, the library. No, I like the library. Oh. I do like the library. I like like uh, Lothar Castle too. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's the cool. wall of it, the actual castle. I didn't like the whole cathedral. Yeah, the cathedral was boring. It was boring, and it's long. Yeah. Well, the giants. The I did spend a lot of time there. At the cathedral. Yeah, unfortunately, I did too. Um, the giants. I was like really intimidated and really scared. And then the one I just like walked up to its feet and started. Yeah, mashing. They're not actually as hard to kill as you might think. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just have high damage output, but they can't take a lot of damage themselves. It's the mobility, I think, that scares me the most. Because you're in the water, you can't really oh, true. roll around to avoid them, which kind of makes it kind of creepy. But I hated that area. Because you oh. got those mist things that are shooting the gas out of yeah. the wall and shit, too. Oh, it's fucking... Profane uh, Capital was really fucking cool, where it was just like a bunch of walkways... And then the brass gargoyles. Yeah, the brass gargoyles and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool as well. And in the inner depths, it has those weird enemies that are like a hand for. They have like fingers oh, yeah. in the mouth and yeah. everything. Fuck those things. Fingers for the mouth. You, you have to go phalanges. Like, other than fighting Sigurd, you have to go like real high into those dungeons. Are you talking like the invisible things? No, no. These are like. These things are called, like, they're considered the abomination, where they have, like, they're a hand, and then there's, like, a bunch of, it has, like, a mouth on the hand, and then it's just, like, void. Mm. You know Ariel Monsters, the one that holds its eyeballs? Crumb. It, it's that if it was in, like, a fever dream nightmare. An Eldracar. Got it. Actually, that's pretty, it's a pretty I probably saw them, I just can't picture it, because I did. They would roll, you'd get close to them, and they would, like, roll over you. Anyway. Yeah, the architecture is really cool, and the art. And when you get into those those areas like uh, Honor, um, what Honor Londo, Honor Londo, and uh, and Lothric Castle, like they're really interesting, and, and the high points to me, and and uh, Ithril, like you said, I, I I know you guys didn't experience it yet, but like that, um, the first DLC, Painted like, World, the Painted Arianna. World, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Ice Place. I think overall that was my favorite place to explore. Is that where um you, you get into it and it's it's all frozen and then there's a big wolf enemy like a wolf yeah. boss? Okay, I got to the wolf boss really early in the game and didn't. I was like, I'm not going. I didn't go back there. It's a cool area. Do. It's a really cool area. I like the lore in that area. I like the bosses in that area. I think like I will say that early on I didn't like the the design on the dragons. For some reason, like I thought, like like oh, the wyverns, they look kind of the wyverns. They look kind of they look a little hokey, but they're very detailed. But I don't have I really don't have any any negatives either. Steve, you have anything? No, really. Uh, a lot of the character models I really did like. It's some of the color schemes seem it could have like blend together a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like this is really a game where you're going to have colors like pop. It's not like the overall type of um. There's not a lot of green. Like fr- There's like green. no green. Oh no. 
I mean, except for the swamp. I mean, there there really shouldn't be in in, in the type of game. You're basically everything's like based around gray death, destruction, ash. the rest of it. Yeah, you're not Fire. really looking for like flourishing type of uh like environments or whatnot. But I mean, I I really don't have anything to gripe about. I think for what they were going for, for I don't want to say like necessarily the time period that they were doing um like the medieval. Uh, yeah, ba- basically, like you felt that, and you you really got like a really dark, evil, medieval setting. If that doesn't sound redundant, no, I I think I got it. I'll, I'll be honest. So, I think this game is more polished than Bloodborne, but I do like the world of Bloodborne more. Yeah, I I, I think I, I know what you mean. I was gonna I was gonna get there. I uh, would you call that art style? I'm not even sure if it's like the. I think it's more on theme. Design. I yeah, yeah theme. It's, I think it's all theme. of Bloodborne has one single theme, whereas this is me- night. medieval. <laughs> yeah. Bloodborne is uh, um, night Victorian England. Victor- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. More like gothic style. Yeah. Gothic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gothic Victorian. So should we move on into sound? Yeah, let's do it. Music. I didn't have a problem with any of the voice acting. I thought the music was like really on point. There's a lot of really good music in this. The music's good, but Bloodborne stuck out to me more. I had the, at least with Bloodborne, I had this one track that I really fell in love with, and and I still listen to every now and then. But with this, I was waiting for that and didn't find it. I like the one song. Actually, I like both songs that play at the Firelink Shrine. Oh, uh, nothing else stands out besides those. So I, I can't say that. Well, the menu stands out to me. With the choir, like when you first boot it up, but that kind yeah. of music doesn't really occur in the game. I felt speaking of music, and this is something John told me about, so I can't take full credit on this. The dancer, oh, I like the dancer's music. Thanks. The dancer's mm-hmm. music, she okay. Th- this is how intricate that they get with some of the boss battles. Certain tempo plays in the song, she only attacks at certain <laughs> points, but then the tempo picks up when you hit that halfway mark in the boss battle. So because the tempo picks up, she attacks she at a faster rate. I like how she kind of like... Dances. <laughs> I wanted to, I'm trying to find a better word than meander. She, <laughs> she glides. Moves. She wanders. No, glides she, with finesse. <laughs> I guess you could say it's finesse, yeah. I've, I really remember being like, oh, I kind of like... She's flowy. Fluid. Fluid motion, sure. Yeah, I liked all the voice acting. I liked the dialogue. Which is almost Shakespearean. I think we should spend a moment on that. Like the the voice acting is top notch in this game. Just the way that they talk, like the amount of emotion that they you can sell hear, it. yes, and it's it sounds natural. It doesn't yeah. sound like anybody's reading from a script or like really trying to like phone it in or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you had a good director. This voice cast. Yeah. <laughs> I I loved that. There's this subtle touch that if someone is wearing armor and their face is is masked, you can hear their voice reverberating off of the front of their mask. Did you notice that? Like with Sigurd, it has like a tinny sound. Oh, yeah. And with Henri, it has a little bit of a tinny sound. But then you hear the firekeeper speak to you, and it's clear as day, and there's no... you know. I, I thought that was a really interesting touch. Same thing with Patches. Patches is one of those people that talks to you and removes helmets and stuff like that. And you can really hear the difference. I didn't mention uh, the blacksmith or the thief. I liked both of their the voices and their deliveries and everything. And I really liked the blacksmith as a whole, as a character. Though he's been working the same piece of steel for hours and he doesn't have a forge. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Yeah. There's no forge there. It's just an anvil and a hammer. 
like, I got this. Uh, my my gripe with the Firelink Shrine, though, with, is when it comes to dialogue, characters that you interact with on such a frequent basis, they should have had multiple lines to spew out instead of the, the same thing. thing. The amount of times I heard, don't don't squander my work. Yeah. Walking yeah. away from the blacksmith, just... Don't tell me that again. Ah, well met. Ash, ah, well met. Ah, well met. They, they should have thrown in... Do random bring options. Bring me more souls. Bring me more souls. Change it up. Farewell, Ashen One. They 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 should have had a couple dialogue options that maybe just randomly generate or something. It just not yeah. generate, but randomly play it on a mm. a loop or something. Some variety. Overall, top notch, top tier sound and voice quality. That is how you do it. Yes. Thank you, FromSoft. That's how you do it. All right, then if that was sound, we're in final thoughts. Thoughts. Let's link the fire and talk about our final thoughts. Whoops. <laughs> Let's put the fire out and talk about final thoughts. I think everybody thoughts. did that. Let's do a post-mortem. Final thoughts. I think this game is fucking incredible. And I think that if you enjoy challenge or you enjoy interesting, not necessarily surface level lore and just like really fun gameplay. Like I had a lot of fun playing this game. Sure, I died, but like I had fun. I didn't really like I only raged a few times and like I thought this game as a complete package is out fucking standing. Just one question. So the fun factor that you had is that solo and co-op or is it just the co-op both i both? had fun i had fun with both cool I, as soon as i made that pyromancer build i'm telling you like when you when something clicks for you in this game and it's just like oh this is how i want to play this game it's fucking fantastic i want to i want to go back and do a uh basically a samurai character with one of the katanas just a thought I mean, you can you can redo your stats and change that. So oh, that's you right. Have you to might not that. even need to rechange your stats if you yeah, have decks that high in true. strength. Like, yeah, true. you'll probably be fine. <laughs> Good point. I just change my outfit. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to change the outfit; just the equipped weapon. Okay, yeah. <laughs> got it. Yeah, you just unequip Eric. whatever and put the. <laughs> fucking katana in your hand you're good <laughs> now you're a samurai yeah now you're a samurai <laughs> okay <laughs> harry your final thought <laughs> fucking my final thoughts unequip the weapon put in the samurai <laughs> i just see that spongebob mean press triangle to two hand win <laughs> dodge and win <laughs> ralph's face <laughs> so my final thoughts. I guess diving into this game, I didn't know I was going to get the same enjoyment that I had with Bloodborne. Like I, when I was getting into it, I, I was very hesitant. I thought I would like it. I just didn't think I would love it, more or less. But I, I really did. I, I enjoyed every moment I spent with this game. I, we should have talked about this in gameplay, but some of the things Bloodborne lacked, I thought they fixed in this game. I, oh, I didn't, you mean like Estus and, and Blood Vials? Were you going that there? was good. Like, not having to go back and build up your inventory, uh, that was fixed. True. Hands down. I think the multiplayer, not perfected, because it's not a perfect system, but it's a lot easier to use than it was in Bloodborne. Instead of ringing, the each chimes. person has yeah. to ring a, a certain bell within a certain area to, to get that multiplayer going. All you have to do is read a thing on the ground and summon that character in. Now, obvi it doesn't always work. 
laying it down. Like, we had some issues and connectivity issues and shit like that. So it's not a perfect system, but it's vastly improved over Bloodborne. But overall, I did enjoy this game. I, I like the multiplayer aspect of this game. And some might say, oh, you're just cheesing the game or anything, but it made it such a cool experience just running through with your posse. And it was still a very difficult game. It's not like we made it drastically... It, well, it scales for you, right? Yeah, it scales, it scales well, yeah, enemy health. Yeah, it does scale enemy health. Does, not damage, but the enemy health. Um, so you won't just one-shot a boss or anything like that. But um, And it ups the PvP ratio and encounters. It was just a really enjoyable experience. And I think I have some of the same sentiments as Clark. Not sediments. Sediments. <laughs> sentiments. <laughs> <laughs> I still want more from this game. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that is I very agreeable. Clark, Clark is banging his head right now. Like, because I think I've done almost everything I can. I I got all the undead bone shards. I got really? all the Estus flasks. I'm I was maxed. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the only thing I, I, I still could go back and do like a perfect playthrough. And when I say perfect playthrough, I mean like not miss any beats with any NPCs or anything. And like get all the NPC characters storylines fully fleshed out i bet there's probably like a guide to oh, help yeah. you get through that so that you're not missing anything but i do really want more and i'm hoping they put out a bloodborne 2 because or a dark souls 4 right that or demon souls <laughs> yeah I, that just, something comes yeah because I, I don't think that the newest game that they have coming out is going to fill that void no, Sekiro Sekiro is now because it's too much of a departure yeah that's my final thoughts i i want more <laughs> Steve? I did have a lot of fun with this game, despite the difficulty. There were a few rage quits in the beginning, but that's just because Dark Souls is just like its own type of genre, basically. I do think I would get more enjoyment out of it just instead of just taking it like at face what it is, like actually getting into like, to some more of the lore and actually getting some more background of it and learning more about it because I feel like, you know, it's... Not necessarily something you have to do. I think that's just going to make the experience even like more enriched. So Depth. that way, yeah, it's it, so you feel like you're you're more involved in it than just for what you're actually you know physically doing. That being said, you know this is something that I'm still going to continue. It's like I still want to get through it. And then not only that, just hearing about the different aspects that I haven't touched on before, just feel like it's it just opens up to like a whole new different type of gameplay. I don't want to say bittersweet, but that's only because I was bitter sometimes playing it just because of the constant death, but it's Dark Souls. That's, that's just what fucking happens. <laughs> For me, I got to say, I really enjoyed it too, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Like, I really can't stress that enough. Like, I was, I was nervous, went into it, and found that I could, I could meet the challenge for almost all the game and found it so rewarding to, to do that with minimal guide work, minimal uh, assistance, minimal research. Like I was, I was finding things and doing things in the game as, as I really felt like I should have should have experienced it the first time. I, I want to sort of sum, sum it up as uh, come for the challenge, stay for the lore. I always come for the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, um, Just lob that one up. <laughs> it's, it's really rewarding. And getting through those those difficult bosses or those difficult sections to find a, a bonfire 
uh, that, you know, you, oh, that's it. I don't have to go through that nonsense again. Like it just, the satisfaction really is there. Uh, so I can't, I can't gush it, uh, enough. I want, I want to say, yeah, if you've never played a Souls game, play it, uh, and fall down the rabbit hole. Um, if you, if you have, if you're, if you're a Souls fan, you already know what's going on. So that's really all I, I wanted to say. I think we should move into our scores. The score. Clark, hit me with your score. This is a buy for me. This is a buy when it came out at $60. It's a buy at paying full price for the DLC. You don't have to do that anymore, but this is like a buy at $60 plus paying for the DLC. Every bit of this game is worth it to me. Bye, bye, bye. Steve? This is getting an A. Again, it's like I can't, I have to take my frustration out of the equation because that's too bad. Suck it up. But I still have like the want to keep going and keep playing and everybody else should too. So get it. This is getting a gush in case you couldn't tell. Gush. We did get a sneak peek back uh, in the last segment. Yeah, because you did say gushing about it. I can't it. gush yeah, enough yeah, about it. And they're like, oh! It's there. It's there. <laughs> It's Spoiler a, it's alert. A gush. You knew it wasn't going to be a, a shrug, and you knew it wasn't going to be a bash. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, which ties with Bloodborne for different reasons. Because, like I said, they fix certain things. I think the animations were better, and I, I think like it was a more polished game. But the theme is, is different, and I, I appreciate the theme of Bloodborne more. So I like them both for, for different reasons, but they feel in that same equal vein. Equal quality. Yeah, equal, equal quality, just different attributes. Types, yeah. All right, well, that is Dark Souls 3. We can't recommend it enough. And uh, next week, check out our mubbers. Yep, stay tuned for mubbers. Stay Aww. tuned. All right, stay sexy. Game over. Game over. Game over. Game over. Game over. Thanks for listening to Super Fun Game Review Podcast Go. Stay up to date on our Facebook at facebook.com slash superfunpodcast.